everybody, and welcome back to Butter With That, a movies podcast with several friends from Philadelphia where we talk about some of our favorite movies, probably eventually some movies that we don't like. Uh, and we're back. <laughs> I feel like we've already been there. <laughs> probably already been there. <laughs> probably. Uh, and we're back with a new theme this month. Last month's theme, we talked about underrated favorites. And before we get started, I just want to thank everybody who has listened to this new podcast that we were launching. Woo, woo, woo! Friends, family, uh, hopefully some strangers <laughs> discovered the podcast. Hello, strangers. My Hello. dad is like our number one fan, I think, besides Damon. <laughs> oh, Damon. <laughs> Call him right out. I Shout don't out to Shout Damon. Out. Um, so we just want to thank everybody from all of us here at Team Butter for supporting the podcast and hopefully listening for episodes to come. How's yeah, everybody... we did a little dance when we found out that like our stuff was finally up. Mm-hmm. It was so special. We were in the was... hallway at work. We were like, woo! It was so like pure and adorable. It was. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. I think the morning started not great. And then it was just like... I was like, oh, this is going to keep me going, guys. <laughs> um, cool. How's everybody, how's everybody doing today? We're back. Took a little Lots of things are happening. Hiatus. Yeah, I'm dealing with some mosquito bites. I'm sorry. Aren't it's we a all? Lot. I Those know, fuckers. but oh, God, it's so bad. Yeah, because well, it's on your tattoo also, right? Yeah, I got a new tattoo, everybody. It's great, but also those motherfuckers went right for it. And I'm just, oh, in a lot of pain. They're Sorry. vindictive little assholes. I know. You know. They know. Dave, what did you call it? The final feast? Oh, yeah, just the final feast. The <laughs> last supper. The last supper. <laughs> just horrifying. before they all die off for if the end If you of will. The year. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm at. Christine. Um, I'm debuting a dramatic lower voice. <laughs> I'm suffering from jet lag, come back from a trip, so I'm going to keep it low and cool. <laughs> I like I it. I say quite cool. It's uh, quite spooky, which is relevant for this month, because since it is October, the main kind of question and idea we're going to be working through this month is uh, horror movies that are important to us. These don't necessarily have to be like our favorite horror movies of all time or what we think are... You know, some of the best horror movies, but ones that we feel uh, are important. And this month, uh, we are beginning with one of my favorites, Slither. But before we get to the movie we're talking about, we start every podcast with our unfocused group. We have a pile of random questions that we choose from, and we're actually going to switch it up this episode and try going through a few of these random questions. Tori, you wrote these questions up, right? I wrote them this morning, yeah. I like them, but we'll see what happens. I can't wait. <laughs> you guys ready to go for the first one? Yes. Yeah. Some of them are non-movie related also. Perfect. Perfect. I love Great. that. So the first question is, favorite horror movie music? <laughs> um, anything that's a, been in like a John Carpenter movie? It's oh, like the John synths. Carpenter's so fucking good. I love the yeah. uh, 80s synthesizers i agree anything 80s sounding is my favorite um i'm also gonna say just right off the bat uh one of my favorite movie soundtracks because i have it i have the music on my phone too is uh it follows Mm. yeah that's really good music is so fucking good for it follows that's an underrated favorite hell yeah i feel like we've talked about that well is this horror maybe it's not a horror movie but um the guest yeah soundtrack so good amazing i think i think it counts there's, yeah. Yeah. There's some blood and scary stairs. <laughs> scary stairs. <laughs> Strobe lights. I like it. That's a hard question. I don't know how to answer. Um, I think the what first came to my mind was Psycho. 
and the noise mm-hmm. in there. It's iconic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also, that movie does have a special place in my heart, so I'll go with that. I like it. Great. Question number two. Ooh. I'm going to flip it upside down. <laughs> Best Halloween costume you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. I have an answer immediately. Go for it. In third grade, I went as Daphne Blake from Scooby-Doo. I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. Beat that. Just kidding. I just rewatched the Scooby-Doo movie. Like Uh, the live action one. The live action one written by James Gunn, who wrote and directed Slither. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah. He was a co-writer on Scooby-Doo. For both. I actually really loved that movie. Just the first one. Just the first one. With Scrappy. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know Scrappy's in it. Why is Scrappy yeah. a spoiler? D- I mean, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't okay, worry you gotta about watch it. <laughs> you have a lot to learn. <laughs> I do. I do. To I'm clarify, so question: James Gunn is also the same James Gunn who directed, wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, yeah. one and two. Okay, got it. Cool. And uh, Super with Rain Wilson. You ever seen that? Never. Did. It's a great superhero movie. Cool. Um, I have I have one right off the bat too. Um, so my favorite a couple years ago, I did Daria, which was very, very simple, but I got like really, really excited about it. And I remember like going to the store and buying, um, where's Waldo glasses. Cause they were the only glasses that seemed appropriate. Um, and I just carried a copy of Howl around with me also. Yeah. Mm. Good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Didn't you also say Daria for an answer in one of our other whiteboard questions? Fictional character you're most like? I'm sensing a theme. Important character. Oh, true. Yeah, that's cool. a thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You dress up like myself. You. <laughs> who you feel like myself you must with glasses. <laughs> um, this isn't. Know, I'm cheating a little bit, but I decided that this year for Halloween, I'm going to go as the Flyers' new mascot, no. the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team, Gritty. Ooh. We're gonna see a few of those. If you have not seen Gritty, he is a beautiful abomination. That we do not deserve, but he is here to stay. He is like the Philly fanatic, except for green. He is orange and black. And he is an amazing garbage monster that I cannot wait to grow my orange beard out for, buy some googly glasses, and um, wear a Flyers jersey this Halloween. So you know how the fanatic got in trouble, not in trouble, but in hot water this summer because he like hit a lady in the face no. with a hot dog and it gave her a black eye. <laughs> Good. Oh, I did. Oh, I know where this is. That was a stale well, dog. <laughs> I saw a video last night of Gritty on the ice. Um, he and this guy were like getting into a, like a fake fight, and then he point blank shot this guy but in he the back. Did it very slowly <laughs> and methodically, the where you're can. like with a teaser cannon. It was horrifying. <laughs> he's the hero we need, not the one we deserve. It's, it's, uh, within the first few days of this mascot existing, he's We're there. representing Philadelphia yeah. quite well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hated him at first, but now I love him. His first Twitter post, it me, gritty. <laughs> it me. Really? It wow. Me. Yeah. And then that night he signed off with um, making fun of one of the like Kim Kardashian photo shoots where oh. she has like a champagne oh, I glass on her one. butt and pops and Gritty's like has a bottle on his buttons like holding shooting yeah. the water up over his head oh my god my whole like week has just been gritty slash moth, moth memes, memes. <laughs> which just really shows where my head is at right now christine do you have a costume that you enjoyed um i'm really not thinking of any good ones i was a cow for halloween once <laughs> so. i love that was this last year this, uh, <laughs> yes, no. It was when I was like 10. 
Um, I think it was a lion for my first Halloween. Oh. I was a cat for multiple Halloweens because, you know, my mom picked my costume. Mm. I remember I was a pumpkin one year, but because it was like a smaller costume, my mom just like filled it with a bunch of towels to puff it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good times. Do you want to do one more? I feel like Dave should probably answer this question. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Well, that's tough, kind of. Um, There was the the Immortan Joe costume two years ago. Uh, that I put a lot of work into from uh, from Fury Road. You went as a Morton Joe. I did. I was, was a Morton Joe. Um, I created like a whole um, whole fake armor that like clear plastic invisible armor out of uh, packing tape, uh, and then walked to um, a party to go um, a costume party to go attend as a Morton Joe in the costume. But uh, because the costume was pretty delicate, it had to walk uh, like without a coat in November. Uh, just sort of in full costume down the street in Philadelphia. And nobody said anything. Everyone was very polite about it. Mm. So this is Philly. Yeah. It's Philly. The city of gritty. Uh, you do what you gotta do. I remember one more. My cow was a, was a classic. But I did dye my hair green to be one of the beats from uh, from Doug. Whoa. What? what? Yeah, that's awesome. Probably... That's clearly oh the most amazing. I The cow really <laughs> stuck in my memory for a long, long time. Once again, Christine, your answers don't... Did you sing Killer Tofu? Yeah, yeah. It was Great. like there were three other of us, and we I had like a red vest, and yeah, it was fun. Great. Rock legends. Should we do one more? Yeah, sure. let's do sure. one more. And this question is, they made Carrie the musical. What other horror musical do you want to see? Hmm. That's a good one. Mm. Scream. Scream. Yeah. Scream the musical. Scream the I musical. I dig it. Now that you mention it follows, I would love to see that. Oh, as a no. no. Also, like, it I think out it's. into the audience. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's like 20 plants. That would actually be really fucked up in theaters. I think it would freak me out. Like, I remember, like, seeing Blue Man Group when I was a kid and, like, them going into the audience and that freaking me out. So, like, I can only imagine it follows. Audience participation in general in theater. I just not a like. fan. Not a fan. Too much pressure. Yeah, super. Especially when it's not a big audience and you're like, please don't look at me. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and they know. Uh, they do because the, they, yeah. If you don't look at them, they're like, that yep. bitch right there. I think, well, it, it's just always the first movie that comes into my head because it's like one of my favorite horror movies. Is like The Thing, the musical, would be hilarious. I think you would have to have somebody in the audience, like, be the thing. Be the thing. Yeah. It's that like, would be cool. Next to you. Like an improv type thing, thing yes. where like people pick cards. Well, it could also they, be like an immersive theater experience. Where it's like in a warehouse that's been it turned into and an Arctic station. But you don't know, like maybe some people are the thing and I'm gonna write this shit down. Yes. That's good. I also just thought of um Halloween Town as as a musical. Cause isn't there a scene where they're in the movie theater? So like <laughs> the audience could participate and be the people who are stuck there. Or is that Halloween Town two Calabar's Revenge? I can't remember. I get them. Get both great films. <laughs> Haven't seen them. Oh, wow! Well, that's your mistake. Sorry, yeah. Connor. That's your mistake. I feel like I have a question in here where that might get brought up later. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Great. What cool. jumped in my head was um, what's that? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Plenty of songs. 
I was going to say, your work's already half done for you. Yeah. Which so also, we're getting to some territory where I'm like, are these aren't horror movies. <laughs> there's there's Halloween elements. Is it? Did I write Halloween or horror? You, you wrote horror. Okay. Uh, what's scarier than the, the Oogie Boogie Man? Uh, Sandy Claus. Oogie Boogie Sandy Claus? is yeah, he was nasty. kind of amazing, actually. Oh, when that seam pulls down and it's just bugs. My bugs! My bugs! <laughs> is that not horrifying? That true. Okay, fair. Any other mo- any other horror movies? I I just thought of one, um, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea with uh, LL Cool J. Yes, <laughs> I mean it, I don't know how it would work. Oh. Yeah, right. Can the shark have a solo? Yeah, of course. Great, that's all I want. The hip hop Deep Blue Sea musical. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to. I think that's going to be your life's work, Sam. All right, sure. <laughs> All right, so thank you, Unfocus Group. <laughs> There's really no better way to get out of that wow. segment. Okay. Um, awesome. So now we're going to jump into the movie discussion. So for this month's theme, as I mentioned, we're talking about horror movies that were important to us. And the movie that I chose was Slither. came out in 2006, written and directed by James Gunn. We already talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, he also now, did the Belko experiment, and I, he did the screenplay for it, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen all of it, but I watched part of it on a flight. Um, and it also has like a lot of interesting actors in it, including John Gallagher Jr., who's oh. one of my favorite actors. But mm-hmm. um, who's in a very excellent horror movie? He's yeah, a villain. Hush is so good. Oh, Hush is on really Netflix. Good. Hush is so good. He's a, he's incredible. But yeah, I was like looking up James Gunn and I was like, oh, cool. Like these are other things besides Guardians that I know. So that made me excited. Yeah, this is the first movie of his that I saw. And then because I saw this probably maybe like 2010. I might have saw this movie for the first time. Um, and then I've that's and then when I heard that he was rumored to direct Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel, I was like, oh, man, he'd be like a perfect fit. Um because just like his wacky characters, his screenplay. And um, I really mm-hmm. love Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm sure we'll talk about that movie at some point point. in the podcast Uh, but how our movie discussions work is every week one person brings a movie somebody watches the movie so tori you watch slither indeed this week Uh, and then somebody watches the trailer christine you watched the trailer this week i did and then sam uh read the reviews uh have you guys seen slither before no i had not and you saw it once before. I saw right? it once, and the reason I picked it is because like we we have already chosen all of ours, and I've seen everyone else's more than once, so I figured this was the better one for me to do. <laughs> um, so we always begin with talking about the trailers and the reviews, and the kind of what those folks thought about just kind of encountering this film through like the media and what people said without really knowing about it, and then kind of dive into the folks who saw it, kind of their thoughts. Um, Can you, I feel like maybe just before we do that, could you explain why you picked this as a horror movie that's Mm, important to you? Definitely. So this, I was a huge scaredy cat for the longest time growing up. Uh, The scariest thing I ever saw, and this still haunts me to this day, is the trailer for Alien vs. Predator. (laughs) (laughs) Came on in theaters. I forget what movie it was. Maybe it was like iRobot, like Will Smith movie about robots or whatnot. And I, I was just like scarred from that trailer for whatever reason trailers I just... are very scary because they take all the scariest bits and they compact it into three minutes and so you're just confronted with one scare after another I agree there are horror tra- trailers that <laughs> stick in my mind as well thanks Christine yeah um, so got your back on that one this was really the first horror movie that I watched and it came with the recommendation of a friend 
Um, and this really sort of opened the whole horror genre for me. Because this movie, as we'll talk about later, has like great practical effects. Uh, and even the CG effects still hold up pretty well today, you know, over 10 years later. And I think the writing's really strong, the characters. And so this kind of really opened up the entire horror genre for me. I also saw John Carpenter's The Thing maybe like a week after I saw Slither. So those kind of like double whammy. Interesting. Together. Um, kind of just like, wow, like, you know, it's really kind of like the practical effects elements of what and what can be achieved um, in a horror movie that can't happen in something that's like PG-13 or kind of like other different genres. Because the horror genre is something that's like super um, unique. And now I feel like has bled into lots of other different kinds of genres over the past like 20 years. Cool. cool. So, uh, Christine, what did you think of the trailer? Watching this trailer was like, this is everything I could want in a movie. Seriously. Um, first of all, watching the trailer is like, was watching a, a great who's who of all your favorite, like Nathan Fillion, who I love, mm -hmm. love, love. Mm -hmm. um, Pam from The Office. I don't remember her name. Jenna Fisher. Jenna yeah. Fisher. Elizabeth Banks. And some other was Brian Cranston in it. I didn't want to look up any of the. It was Michael Rooker. Okay, the yeah. the bald guy. He mm -hmm. looks like Brian Cranston. And then like Catherine Watterson, who's Who from like um, certain hair and vice. Maybe I got some of the names wrong, but it was a great little um, trailer to be like, oh, I recognize all these people. I love that the trailer opens with an opening that's like it's. These classics, these classic horror films have one thing in common, and it says they were all for sissies, and then it introduces <laughs> the movie. And it was like conjuring all these, like the horror pantheon, it's like The Exorcist, uh, Rosemary's Baby, all of these classics, and being like, well, this one is way scarier than all the previous horror films. Um, so I thought that was kind of fun. Then I was like, what kind of tone is this going to strike? Clearly seems like it's going to be a pretty funny like funny horror movie a lot of slugs um a lot of people <laughs> running around again everything you want a horror movie well, Lots also of everything slugs. i want a horror movie cuz it felt like kind of like an x-files tone where it was like huh half it was like one episode i remember watching of x-files where um uh scully gets like inhabited by this really scary slug and oh. in the creepy cult town Oh, it's so gross. And it was really, really gross. That actually didn't have really a comedic element. That was pretty serious. Yeah. But I was like, I've been really deep in X-Files these days. And so I was like, this looks really great. Um, yeah, it was kind of like slugs. From what I drew, had drawn from the movie, slugs take over a small prairie town in Idaho or whatever. <laughs> and only Nathan Fillion as the sheriff and his ragtag band of uh office people and I don't know what <laughs> people that work Elizabeth at the sheriff's banks is <laughs> officers. <laughs> well Pam looks like the same character she plays in the office trying to deal with attacking slugs. And all they all of them get together, fight back, and Elizabeth Banks just screams and shoves pitchforks into huge slugs the whole trailer so i was very intrigued mm. the sound effects were very squishy very intense which is what you want in a slug movie yeah really. i love so i was completely drawn in and 
Nathan Fillion the whole time is just saying like silly sarcastic things like mm -hmm. they'll just have battled something and he's like are you guys having fun yet just <laughs> great little one liners made me really want to watch it that's not too far off from what no no not really so how about the reviews because mm -hmm. I'm curious because I feel like this could be a movie that doesn't appeal to a lot of people so I'm just curious if that was like what people in the reviews would have said yeah, that's basically the consensus. So Rotten Tomatoes scored it about an 86%, so it's oh, wow. certified fresh. The audience gave it a 63%. Um, I mean, it's, it's so... That's a pretty most, big split. It, it really is. I yeah. think that there's this one quote here um, <laughs> that really explains... Um, <laughs> okay, so this review comes from realreviews.net, and this guy's name, I'm going to butcher it, I'm so sorry, um, James Berardinelli. Um, he gave it two and a half stars. He says, let's get this straight from the start. <laughs> Slither isn't great art, but that doesn't mean it isn't good entertainment. And then he continues on and on and on. Then he says, I believe Slither is exactly what Gunn wanted it to be, and there's little doubt that his core audience will be thrilled. So I think that goes back exactly to what you're saying, is that people who are fan of fans of James Gunn, they're going to love this. Um, <laughs> but maybe people who don't like something so campy, they're going to be like, eh, I'm going to pass. Um, <laughs> this one guy from Slate, his name is Josh Levin, Levine. Um, he says, this is not a thinking man's horror movie. I wouldn't be surprised if there were <laughs> slugs that could find gaping holes in the plot. But there's something <laughs> winning about this grab bag of orally fixated invertebrates and mucus covered noids. So like, <laughs> what's, I was like, yeah. what does that mean? Um, so something that's interesting is all of these people, they're like, yeah, it wasn't good. However, here's exactly why it was good. So it's like, this is really conflicting. Hmm. Um, I'll be honest, doesn't sound like a movie I want to watch because I know I was a little confused about James Gunn before, but I thought that he was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I've seen both of those, but, um, you know, honestly, his writing is a little tiring for me. I get a little annoyed with the jokes and Nathan Fillion. Fillion? I, I'm not a particular fan of him. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Plot so, twist. Right, plot twist. I think the problem I have is that I don't like movies that try to be funny. Um, I just have this weird thing about comedy. That, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So it's it's my perspective. That makes sense. Yeah. I know, right? Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, what people are saying is that like probably the best horror comedy since Shaun of the Dead. Not entirely memorable, but still really good. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Um, this one, the, the same realreviews.net says, it's very clear that the production team knew exactly what kind of movie this was. They weren't taking it really seriously. They just wanted to have fun, which I think is great. Like a movie knowing exactly what it brings and what it does well and what it doesn't is awesome because then that makes for a good movie experience. Yeah. That is also something I got from the trailer. It looked like a whole lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Would I want to, you know, be eaten by slugs? No. But would I want to be a part of that movie? <laughs> Maybe, yes. <laughs> Am I also correct in saying that he that the creators were involved with Dawn of the Dead of 2004? Um, the reboot? Yeah. So James Gunn wrote that movie. So he wrote it. Yeah, he was either the main screenwriter or uh, screen. I don't think writer. I saw the reboot. Have you? So is this the one with Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> Slither. 
No, no, no. The dawn, that dawn of the I dead. I have not. I know. Okay. I would assume so. Yes. I remember absolutely loving that movie. They're all on the top of the mall and like. Yeah. They're, there's he's doing this rendition of like, down with the sickness. Oh and it's, no, that's Richard Cheese. So oh, this is not I the love same Richard thing. Cheese. Okay. Okay. I okay. Then yeah, he's disregard the guy that, does, that. Uh, <laughs> does straight up covers of pop songs, but in the lounge style. Okay. <laughs> I don't know My mom loves is. him. He Wait, does. Uh, he has a Limp Biscuit one. It's the same. That movie, is that right? movie. Okay, okay, that okay, movie okay, is okay. good. I loved watching. I've only, I've only seen it once, and it was a while ago. But I remember that was like the tone, the perfect tone of a fusion of like comedy and horror. That was like a whole great like ensemble cast, and everyone's funny. But yet there's that tension, obviously where. They're getting attacked by zombies and everyone's going to die. Mm. So that, I felt that flavor and that tone from the trailer as well. Yeah, I think this movie definitely has a great balance between horror and comedy. And I think something that I didn't really quite notice until this watching was that every act of the movie is sort of a different kind of horror movie. Oh, you know what? That's so interesting. I don't want to interrupt you, but um, um, a couple of IMDb reviews brought up um this is an homage to all the maury uh maury's all- mari <laughs> you are um, not the slither oh <laughs> jesus um <laughs> well i'm gonna go die now um so it's an homage to all the horror movies james gunn loves and then also it's a horror movie made by horror fans by horror fans so yeah um yeah. that's really fascinating you say that yeah, Act One is sort of kind of like a body snatcher idea because um, <laughs> sort of the plot of Slither is this alien crash lands on Earth in the town of uh, Wheelsy. Doesn't say what state, but it's like a West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee. I heard people there say Texas. There is a Texas. Wheeling, West Virginia. Hmm? Oh. What was that? There is a Wheeling, West Virginia. So it's probably a West Virginia, some West kind of like Virginia. Appalachian. It's kind of Appalachian town. It lands. Appalachia. Appalachian. And this alien lands, and it's sort of this, like, hive mind monster that, like, infects one person who then goes on to kind of infect everybody else. Uh, And so then in Act 2, as this person, Michael Rooker, Grant Grant is the character's name. Are you joking? Um, I'm not. Um, Keep going, but I saw a quote on Rotten Tomatoes that I need to bring up, so keep going. Uh, And so Act 2 is, like, he's turning into this monster, so then becomes kind of this, like, monster hunt, kind of, like, you know, monster movie. And then the third act is like a zombie movie when he's infected lots and lots of different people. So I didn't really appreciate that until, and this is probably my sixth or seventh time watching the movie. Um, kind of like I didn't quite notice that breakdown. Hmm. And it was nice kind of watching it for a podcast to talk about it because I was able to sort of like appreciate the movie even more just because of how well-crafted it is. Wait, can I, clar- can I ask a yeah. clarifying question? One alien crash lands and morphs into many slugs so i'm confused yeah yeah that's basically what basically happens. it okay he finds a way to like have other things like give birth to more of the slugs and i got infect it more people i got it yeah uh so tori after only seeing this once and kind of re-watching it um what'd you think um so I I really enjoyed it. Um, I know we kind of talked about this too with like S- Sam did the reviews and it seems like most of them were like fairly positive, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, oh, there might be some really interesting bad reviews also. But we were kind of talking about like, well, if you see the trailer and you're not into that kind of movie, you're not going to go see that movie. Yeah. And 
2006 me, also, like, total scaredy cat, like, thought I was, like, a tough-ass bitch, but that was not true at all. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer and, like, maybe seeing scenes from it being like, this looks fucking gross. I have no interest in this whatsoever. Oh, it's really fucking gross. It's gross, yeah. And I, I also have a thing with, like, I, don't, I mean, this isn't, like, torture porn, but I have a thing with just, like, too much, like, gross in a mm-hmm. movie. And it didn't, it didn't bug me once I did see it, but also I've, you know, I have become a little bit more of a hard ass bitch since, uh, 2006. <laughs> I like to think. Um, uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting too, cause we talked about the different, um, horror movies within it, like how each act was a different one. And I was thinking that while I was watching it too, I was like, ah, here's act one, here's act two. Um, the two main movies that came up for me that it reminded me of were The Thing, um, which I think with like the graphics and whatnot, that kind of makes sense. Giant and the, flesh monster. Yeah. And then the other one that came up for me is this movie called Society. Has anyone here seen it? No. Uh, 1989. Um, I actually saw it at the Exhumed uh, Film Fest 24-hour horror movie marathon a couple years ago. And there is kind of this weird scene where like all of these characters are like morphing into one disgusting giant being, which is something that happens at the end of Slither. Oh, um, is that where <laughs> one of them looks like a giant rutabaga? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. If anything, I was like, I got to watch this movie just for the end when it was like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's some aspects of it, which you know, even now I'm like, oh, that's kind of icky. Like, the there's some chest tentacles that come out of um, uh, yeah, Michael the, Rooker. The reviews talk about the chest tentacles. Yeah, um, and also at the beginning, the giant sack that lands on Earth looks very much like a vagina. Um, so I just wrote vagina sack. In well, I thought it kind of looked like a gnocchi, like a giant, like, um, slimy gnocchi. Sure. Let's go with that, too. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Potato, pasta, sure, yeah. Um, For me, one thing, I mean, the lines in it are so good. There are so many good, just, like, one-offs. Like, the mayor gets into this, like, tizzy where he's worried that, like, people are going to go into hysteria if they, like, mention it. And he's, and so he um, is, like, freaking out at the police station, and Nathan Fillion, like, looks at Jenna Fisher and is just like, you going to create a hysteria? And she goes, not today, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, like, so good. Just, like, so, like, not caring, oblivious. Um, But also, for me, like, there are so many good actors in here. I love Nathan Fillion. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Rooker, I, in general, I feel like he plays characters I don't like, which is, you know, similar in this one as well. I also just watched Henry uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer right before I watched this, and I had never seen it before. That's a doozy. That is rough. I think that was his first movie. It makes sense. He's very, very young in that movie, and that's a rough one to watch. Um, But for me, I think the mayor is my favorite character. He's so fucking funny. I don't know if they show him at all. What's his name? He's the um, he's Peter Quill's grandfather in Guardians of the Galaxy. The actor's name is Greg Henry. Greg Henry. Does it start with a T? Because I have a really funny quote here. What's the quote? It's it looks like something that fell off my dick during the war. <laughs> no, that no. was another guy, but I wrote it down. <laughs> I was like, context. What the hell is this? He's saying he's saying like the giant monster thing that looks like a rutabaga, as Christine mentioned, looks like something that fell off his dick. In yeah, the war. so the monster kind of goes through this evolution where it's this vagina slash noki monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's craw- Atlant- crash lands on Earth is crawling through the woods, uh, and then Grant Grant. 
who's this kind of like he's this guy like in his you know like 40s maybe early the character's 50s character's name is Grant 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 he's just some rich kind of hick basically yeah he's, he's a rich hick um, he's in the woods with this uh, woman named Brenda who he sort of met at a knew his uh, her older sister like in high school or something every good story begins with Grant Grant and his good friend Brenda, Brenda. Uh, and so they like get drunk at this bar and they go like out into the woods and he's like, they're starting to like make out. And he's like, no, no, I need to like go back to my wife. Who's Elizabeth Banks. And there's kind of this, um, oh. you know, um, Nathan Fillion's character, the sheriff and him and his partner talk about how like he was always really into Elizabeth Banks and like paid for her college and they end up getting married. So she like married him to have this secure life with like this big house on the hill to have like no worries, like total financial security. And so they're like, she's like not really into him because he's this like well, weird, older, controlling man. Well, gotta sure. do what you gotta do yeah. in Wheelsy, West Virginia. <laughs> and so he's like not happy with her. So they go into the woods with this Brenda chick and they start like making out. He's like, no, no, I gotta go back to my wife. And then they see the monster or like the little like gnocchi vagina monster. Just, I'm like, never gonna eat gnocchi ever again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's just like kind of, you know, so good. making its way through the woods. And then a needle sticks out of it because they go look at it. And then it shoots its needle, which is, like, I guess the creature itself. Because somebody later says uh, it has, like, a needle face. Is it a needle needle? Or just... Not, like, a medical needle, but, like, a... okay. A quill. A quill. Ah. An arrow. Got it. And it shoots into Grant Grant, goes into his brain, and then hijacks his body. Killing him. And then Grant becomes... And then, like, Grant and the alien kind of morph to one somebody reviewed it by saying um (laughs) so these monsters take over the people they still have their memories but a sudden appetite for human flesh (laughs) well i think what was really incredible about this movie is this alien has never landed because it like the movie opens with an asteroid landing on earth that has this alien inside of it and it's never landed on a planet with sentient creatures interesting so it's never felt love and so it goes into grant he comes back like the creature comes back to his house and then it's uh turns in the morning elizabeth bank wakes up it's like oh where's grant um she felt just kind of like bad of like making him run away and whatnot and so she turns on their wedding song um I can't, for the life does when they're it's looking a, for their partner it's like you're every woman in the world every to me. woman in the world exactly. to they me. shall come back once i sound the alarm and our so, wedding song so she's well, like she's, baby she, i'm so sorry i'm so, so she has this great like southern accent and then um this alien grant and michael rooker is a phenomenal actor because he plays an alien infesting a human so well like when he's walking through the house toward elizabeth banks starla is her name by the way starla he walks just like through a plant as if like not like seeing it so just like brushes against (laughs) his face and then he just kind of and then they they have sex on the couch in the room and then he's like crying and because this alien has been alone for millennia has never felt love before. And now this, you know, Elizabeth Banks is showing this creature love and the alien just doesn't really quite know how to like process that. Wait, is that really what this is going for? In a way, yeah, because a theme throughout the movie is, and this, by the end of the movie, as time goes on, he morphs, goes from like a normal looking human into a giant flesh monster into the rutabaga, who is like the size of a house, basically. 
that is so sad that the trailer leaves out a pivotal character. You get no sense from the trailer that there is actually an alien seeking, like, connection with another being. Well, and a big theme of the movie is... You have Elizabeth Banks shrieking and, like... Tiger the butts in the seats. But, yes. (laughs) And... And throughout the movie, there's this, and by the end, Grant, who's this like total, like is the monster now, but sells Grant's memories, is like, can you, can you blame a creature for its nature, Ooh. just trying to fulfill its nature, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of hits up the nature nurture in a way, sort of argument of this Grant hive mind still loves Elizabeth Banks. Actually, kit, later on in the movie, it never attacks Elizabeth Banks. It like takes it back to the house to like be its queen. <laughs> I'm also, I was trying to think of like other things that did the hive mind successfully that this movie reminded me of and I couldn't really think of anything I know there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they do the hive yeah. mind thing and that's the what Borg. came to mind yeah oh the Borg yeah yeah oh true yeah so imagine right. if a Borg found love and didn't know how to process love <laughs> that would be an exceptionally well that'd be another sad Star Wars, Star Trek episode <laughs> This is all you guys. Oh, no, go for it. This is also sounding a little bit like the host by Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) Not to like throw back to something we've already talked about. Something that you strictly said you didn't want to go back to. (laughs) I just, it sounds like it. Go ahead, Christine. Um, (laughs) I want to point out some things that I really loved about this movie. Okay. While Christine has a moment. Um, So. There uh, is this point where they're trying to track the the Michael Rooker monster mm-hmm. thing, and they keep referring to it as a squid, which is not descriptive of what it looks like at all. Has, but they show a map. Time. They show a map, and they just use like squid stickers for all the places <laughs> they know it's hit. And it's just like such a small detail. And I was like, oh, those are squids. That's so cute. It makes you wonder where they got them so quickly. Right? Like, they went to, like, AC Moore, and they're like, we need a bunch of squid stickers ASAP. Well, and they also leave a, like, um, um, what's the Beanie Baby squid on top of Nathan Fillion's oh, sheriff's yeah. desk, also on the computer. Because they see, a few of the officers see the um, Michael Rooker, who now has a squid arm, break <laughs> into his home to, like, get Elizabeth Banks to take her back. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting because the trailer makes it seem like she is insistent on destroying... Like, it focuses on Elizabeth Banks' character as seems like she takes on a lot of the burden of destroying a lot of Well, she kind of is, like, she's kind of, like, the in they have into, like, destroying it, you know? Like, now the creature, I guess you can argue, is, like, weakened by its love of Elizabeth Banks and letting her in. And therefore, she is kind of like the key to finding the weakness of said creature who has destroyed all these other planets and stuff like they allude to when they talk about the hive mind sort of thing. Does she feel conflicted about destroying something that could potentially... I think before she sees... So Brenda is not done with the story You think they can make it work? (laughs) Hey, love has no bounds. So so Brenda's not done with the... Guillermo del Toro would say, Yes. Uh, so Grant actually goes back to Brenda, but as the infected monster, and he actually impregnates Brenda with the little slither squids, but they're oh. just like tiny microscopic 
This is a, a giant squares. fear of mine. Like when people <laughs> eat like sushi sometimes, I'm like, and they eat like they eat the octopus and the squid. I'm like, man, I saw. Do you remember the show? Um, Believe it or not, Factor Fiction. Oh, do I? Yes, that show was amazing. And my family and I, we used to play a game. We would like see who could guess correctly, like throughout the episode. There was one where this woman gave birth to an octopus. What? It stayed with me for like 15 years. Is that real? Um, I, I don't know, but I think about that a lot. So this is triggering. There you go. Um, so he has his tentacle thing shoot out of his, um, stomach and into her stomach. And then this is how he creates breeders basically. So how the species procreates replicates is infects people with two tentacles sticking out of his stomach, uh, and then just shoots this like goo liquid into the people or the creatures and then they become as you, one you know what it looks like yeah. right <laughs> i thought i wanted to learn to love where's the romance <laughs> uh, no and whining and dining no whining and dining no. goes in sticks the uh the tentacles inside her great and then they ha- he has to feed <laughs> they just have to consume because they're growing little probably six inch long slugs uh, slither monsters, slug monsters. That's where the slugs come in. Yeah, and so these breeders balloon to the size of a hot air balloon, eventually. And just explode. So they're babies and explode. And Whatever. Michael Rooker kidnaps all the dogs in the neighborhood, foxes, raccoons. He buys all the meat from a grocery store. <laughs> and then the breeders eat the raw meat. Just eat as much as they can. And a lot of times characters are like, I never knew I could be so hungry. <laughs> it sounds like this Indeed. movie yeah. draws a lot on just like the nastiness of texture. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Oh, the slither monsters make the best noise. You go, yeah, it's like, like a, it's a like smoochy noise. It's a smoochy I noise. Like I think um, the sound editor should get an award for that. Because... That is what even struck out. I mean, stuck out. There's also it, something in interesting minutes. about the tentacle thing, which is that um, it's two tentacles, which I think mm-hmm. is important because at the end they explain off very quickly why Nathan Fillion doesn't die because one of the tentacles goes into him and not the other, which he manages to like put into a can of like propane. Propane, but. So then he does not have a bunch of worm babies living inside of him. And then one of the characters goes, just goes, you need both of those things to get all wormy. (laughs) And that's how they explain it all. She actually says woomy. Oh, true. Throughout the film, they go, they got woomy. Which is a weird adjective. I mean, it Mm. really makes you think about what they teach in, I guess, a Southern uh, Mm -hmm. sex ed class. Um, You're going to get all woomy. Underlying anxieties around procreation. Um... (laughs) Love and procreation. Yeah. I think this is a good time to bring up that girl character because in act, um, toward the end of act two, they're trying to track, because he's now turned to a monster, a full monster who's like kidnapping cattle to feed Woomy Brenda. (laughs) And so they, the they track that, oh, uh, Michael Worker's going to hit this last farmhouse. And so this movie does a great job throughout the whole movie of setting up things, sometimes in a not so subtle way. Like in a grenade that they tried to use at the end. But um, it highlights that this uh, girl, this farmhouse, this like farmer's daughter, has these like fingernails done that were done by some classmate or something that were like longer and colorful, just like fake nails. 
Uh, and then you like don't really kind of think much about it. But then when the slither, mm. when Brenda explodes, don't introduce the fake nails I in the know. first act. Chekhov's fingernails. If you're not gonna use them with force <laughs> by the end. Indeed. And so when Brenda explodes into the slither worms, they go into the farmhouse, and one goes into her mouth. No. As she's taking a bath, and the little slither monster just like slowly swims toward her. It's really cute. <laughs> no, it's really cute. Cute is not the word I would use. Oh, I love these slither creatures. Oh, is that like we're the having movie some poster? really interesting dif- like differences in how we're describing this movie? They just like do a little swim. Okay, sure, a little swim. And so it does end up getting in her mouth, but she grabs it to try to pull it out, and her long fingernails go into the slug. Oh. and that's when she because it. Like, she forms a partial connection. And so she sees a vision of, like, the monster landing on another world, um, infecting these, like, rodent type of animals. And so that's how she learns that it's an alien. It's a hive mind and infects from planet to planet. It's been around for millennia. And then she pulls it out, throws it, it hits the wall. And then it kind of, like, limps over to her to go again. And it's really cute. Also, there's, so she's taking a bath. Mm -hmm. And she is, like, her mom's bugging her to get out of the bath. She gets attacked. It's this whole thing. She finally kills it. By using a hot curling iron, which in my head, I was like, bitch, why'd you have that plugged in in the first place? You were in the bath. You were not using that immediately after you got out of the bath. So I was like, it's really lucky that you forgot to unplug your curler. Just misunderstanding about women. Because as ladies, we all understand that anxiety of leaving curlers, straighteners, anything plugged Mm -hmm. in, right? Yeah. yeah, great. It's not leaving the oven on. It's like, did I leave my straightener on? Yeah, like my straightener's going to burn my whole house down. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing she did because that burned up the slither monster. Yeah. The little slug monster. I also, like, so again, the mayor is my favorite character, I oh, think. Oh, he's the best by I far. also don't think there were any unlikable characters in this movie, which I think is really interesting to point out. But uh, there's this part where... He is, I guess, like trying to antagonize the monster. And so he's calling it like, he's like, you pussy, you cocksucker. And then he turns to some, to someone and he goes, yeah, psychology. <laughs> and it's such like a weird, like he thinks he's so fucking smart by yelling profanity at this monster. That's so James Gunn. Right? Yeah. I love it. He says cocksucker probably like six or seven times. Many times. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how you meet him because somebody's like getting slow of like, parallel parking or something in the town and he's like honking his like cocksucker move out of the way and then he looks out his window and there's like a mother with her child and then she goes hi mayor he's like well one voter gone who cares (laughs) sort of his attitude yeah well i think what's great about in that sequence that opening sequence is you're just introduced to this town of you just see like people missing teeth you just see just people living their lives like james gunn's (laughs) movies are not like pretty like two things were connected right away People missing teeth, missing teeth and they're living their lives. Living their lives. They're living their lives. <laughs> the mundane details of love life. The only, the only person who really feels Hollywood is um, is um, Stella. Whatever. Oh, there's this other detail I want to point out, which I love when this happens in movies. So she's a teacher, and she's talking about, I think at the beginning, like evolution or something. And I just love when it's some sort of class setting and they're talking about whatever is actually going Mm -hmm. on in the movie. And I'm like, oh, 
that works out so perfectly for you that you're learning about this terrifying thing while you're in class, you know? Convenient exposition. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so all good. laid out as the teacher lectures. It's one for of my favorite minutes. details in horror movies. Yeah. In fact, I believe that that is the opening scene of Evolution. <laughs> I oh, man. fucking love Evolution. That movie's good. I can't get into how much I love that movie. I have right not now, seen that movie probably since like 2002, whenever it came out. It's so fucking good. It's bad, but it's really good. Dave, I feel like you'd have an opinion on evolution. Uh, it's it's fine. <laughs> I've seen it. It's fine. Hello. I saw it very recently, uh, and I'm afraid to say. I don't know, Cassidy. Yeah, does it not stand up? It does not. Well, in my opinion, throw them barbs. It is. Ex- you don't realize, or like I didn't realize how, like, like chauvinistic, the male character, <laughs> like all the lines are that the male characters deliver. It is a thankless role for everyone involved. Sorry, that There's was also a detour. A lot of Orlando, uh, Orlando Jones, body invasion horror that gets. Mm, yeah, it's it's kind of gross. Is it worth watching for like fun's sake, or should I just not see it again? I have it on DVD, so. <laughs> so movie night. I mean, it's it's dumb, and I recognize it's dumb, but I loved it when I was younger, and I also, I just love David Duchovny, because I grew up on the X-Files, so oh. there's just that, like, you know, immediately love in my heart. Um, I don't know. I enjoy it thoroughly, so whatever. Yeah, I feel like David Duchovny and this Nathan Fillion. <laughs> this Nathan Fillion. <laughs> this guy. They, like, they have the same energy, and they take up, like, kind of similar space. In my mind, I don't know if this is actually true, because I don't like either of them. They both have brown hair. I know. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I love you. I'm not going to get into it with you. No, maybe it's just because I'm ignorant to the good things that they've done. I I think they can be, like, really funny and interesting. Like, I grew up on the X-Files again, and, like, you know, David Duchovny is not always the best actor, but there are some really funny moments in the X-Files with him Um, that I really adore. Every crying scene in X-Files is amazing. Yeah. David Duchovny cannot cry. <laughs> That's true. I've never yeah. seen the X-Files. I haven't seen one minute of X-Files. Oh, man. I'm not really bothered to. But after this episode, or watch the episode with Scully, uh, and she uh, runs out of gas and has to go um, into this, like, small cult town, and she actually gets inhabited she by slithered. a slither. Yes. It's a later episode, too. It is, yes. Because, and there are some gross sound effects. Because, yeah, Mulder is being replaced Stop. by... Never again. <laughs> the the other detective. But it is very, very connected. I would love a plushie of the slither monster. The little oh, slugs. I would love a plushie I mean, of I one. I don't even know what they look like, but... Okay. <laughs> Any other kind of final thoughts on slither? I feel like this we're kind of wrapping it up. I have a question. Yeah. As um as a lot of horror movies of this kind are uh, known mostly by their creative or uh, over the top or original kills, is there one that in particular stands out for you within this film? So there's this moment where they're trying to hunt Grant. It's been a couple days. He's been hunting these towns, and he's fully turned into this like huge upright flesh monster. There's really no better way to describe him. No, there's so much flesh. And so they kind of like ambush him. And so this guy pops around the corner with just like, he has like a revolver. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. He takes his one tentacle, hits it upward. And he actually cuts him straight up the middle, just a, a slit. 
And then as he blinks, his uh, the flesh, like the cup between his eyebrows opens bigger and bigger. Ooh. And then his guts just pour out. Very nice. So there's a few, and then uh, when Brenda's door. all woomy in the size of a house, she slowly tears apart and the slither mo- mm. slugs come out of her. There's a lot of great kind of gross <laughs> out gore. Yeah. And if you're into that, this is 100% your movie. Cool. I agree. It, that it, description was so detailed and vivid. That nice, yeah. I'm surprised that somebody said in a review that this movie didn't really stick with them. Yeah, but other reviews were like, yeah, there's a lot of gore in this. So if you don't like that, stay away. So I think bottom line, if you like gross out, gory horror movies, definitely uh, check out Slither. I can't. I really can't recommend it enough. Cool. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our whiteboard question. So we'll see you in a few. So we are going to start uh, with our whiteboard question segment. The back end of every episode has a segment where we talk about uh, different questions that we kind of form. And this started with uh, this idea at work. We have this whiteboard where we write down different questions that we ask each other. uh, And they're usually about movies. And this week's question is, uh, if you had to take a classic movie monster and give it a reboot, what would that reboot look like, and which monster would you choose? So who would like to start with their monster idea? I have, I have mine ready to go. Go ahead, Tori. All right. <clears throat> so I picked my favorite, um, which is Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, which I remember I rented this from the library when I was a kid, and I put it on, and my mom got mad at me, and she made me return it, so I never got to finish it. So I think when I was older and I watched <laughs> it, I was like, yeah, fuck you, Mom. Um, also, I love you, Mom. Uh, but <laughs> so I picked this as like a, a reboot that I think I'd like to see. Um, and first off, I want like the same kind of scenario where it's like someone in an actual costume. Like, I don't want that CGI shit. Um, and also what came to mind is this idea of doing um, it kind of Annihilation style. Has anyone seen Annihilation? I have yes. Not. Okay. Christine's seen it. Cool. Um, it's a really great sci-fi book series and also a movie that came out um, by the same guy who did Ex Machina. Uh, but all of the scientists and people going in are women. So because it is like so male dominated, except for one uh, female character, I wanted to kind of flip it and make it mostly women. And then I thought it'd be also funny to reverse it. And there's that whole thing where, like, the monster's obsessed with this one woman and he takes her away. And instead, he just, like, <laughs> takes some dude away. <laughs> That's immediately my head what I just thought of. Um, and, you know, I think it could focus on the environment and also, like, preservation. Because in the original, it's these people going in and they're finding different artifacts and things and then also potentially trying to like capture this monster and like bring it back you know for scientific purposes whatever that is um so i kind of like it being this idea which is is like 
either protecting the environment and leaving things intact and leaving things the way they are or um, bringing it back saying like, oh, we need this for research or for future study and that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of liked bringing that idea more like full frontal into it, especially as someone who cares a lot about museums. And I talk we talk a lot about this with like um, Native American like preservation and that sort of thing. Um, and there are certain laws about that in the national park system as well. So bring all these kind of concepts into this movie um, and then potentially like one of the main characters staying behind with the creature and staying in this like society and whatnot. So this is what I first like thought of when I was thinking about sounds a really creature cool. reboot. Sounds, you have my funding. Yeah, yeah. Really you're gonna awesome. do a crowdfunding campaign. Oh, thanks, guys. Take it to Broadway. I'm there. I just now I have to just write the musical numbers yep. for it. Yeah. Musical then movie. Great. Um, who wants to go next? I can go next. <laughs> go ahead, Connor. So, I want to bring the Mummy back. Uh, the new movie that came out was really terrible. Just, I, I don't know. Tom Cruise can be good in some things. This was just like not the right role at all for him. Uh, but I don't want to set the mummy in the modern era. I want to like take it back to maybe like Brendan Fraser, 1920s-esque or even further back. But have it be, uh, I think the other week we talked about uh, like uh, that Catacombs, Paris found footage movie. Right, where kids are lost in this like the Paris Catacombs. Oh, or, like, as a... As- Above, so below. As above, so below. I don't really want the movie to be found footage, but this idea of these um, British people investigating this Egyptian tomb and then sort of falling into this giant catacomb and sort of becomes this like psychological horror that has the kind of energy of a found footage movie, but not necessarily a found footage movie. And then there's questions of, is this an actual mummy or is this just like something in our heads? I don't know, maybe something kind of like Blair Witch-esque of like what is rea- what is really happening, what isn't really happening. Mm. And I think how you talked about, Tori, um, talking about like environmental protectionism, different stuff like that, thinking about colonialism. Mm. And how that being a statement nice. on like British people coming in and raiding uh, these sort of Egyptian tombs for, you know, plunder to take to museums yeah. and whatnot. Oh, so I think this is a good, some kind of like psychological good. haunted house style of movie something that's just like 80 minutes Love low it. budget legacy of imperialism coming yeah. back to take down british archaeologists exactly. i'm into it you also have my crowdfunding money <laughs> great so just yeah something cheap just a few actors is it real is it not real i don't know i don't really have an idea of if it will be or won't be but i think some kind of like trapped in a tomb kind of like claustrophobic hmm. thriller it's like night at the museum but like terrifying <laughs> and with Less Ben Stiller. Yes. <laughs> Way less Ben Stiller. Um, all right. I ha- So I think that horror movies are probably not my strong suit. So bear with me here. Um, I th- So th- I've been thinking about two. Um, one was taking a regular movie and making it into a horror movie. And then the other was taking a monster and instead of like rebooting it, making it into like uh, a character driven, not rom-com, but like uh, just a character driven piece. So my first thought was, um, and we just recently watched this story, um, Smart House. So <laughs> turning Smart House into a horror film where the house bites back instead of like falling in love with the family instead it like actively tries to kill the family i mean in smart house it does sort of do that but it's just out of love this is just like pure hatred what's smart house oh my gosh what did you not watch disney channel original movies i did not have the disney channel growing up um 
Real well. quick, so smart house basically. There's this house that can do everything. This and it's family, smart. It's, it's smart. This family moves it's a in. Smart house. Oh, that was. <laughs> that. Not. Yes, I'm yeah. so that was happy. everything. That was beautiful. That I was everything. Yeah. We're keeping that in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> was that supposed to be to the tune of Sister Sister? It was to the tune it's of Smart Guy. Smart oh. In my head, I was like, Sister Sister, you know? But close. Cool. Either way. So, this family, they win the Smart House, so they move in. And the the system, her name is Pat. Um, Pat eventually like is referred to so often as like and like a, a person a part of the family that she like becomes a person Ooh. and becomes so obsessive with the family that she eventually like puts them on lockdown like becomes an actual i don't know if she's like a 3d person like you might be able to like not touch her but she's portrayed kind of like as a like a hologram yeah. So taking that kind of like Disney concept, but turning it into like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> and then for the monster turning into like a character-driven rom-com, taking Frankenstein, um, and him like recognizing, yeah, you know, maybe that I wasn't born like everyone else, and maybe that's okay. <laughs> you know, there's good parts about me too. Just Aww. bringing some like hope for two babies everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. True. Cute. Christine, what have you? Uh... I um, like Sam. My depth of horror knowledge is um, is developing. I'll say. I'll, I like. I don't really. Um, I can't say this is a classic monster, but uh, I'm thinking of a reboot of the fusion of two movies, The Mothman from Mothman Prophecies, and I recently <laughs> just watched. Oh this God. very tedious movie, a ghost story, oh, and I fuck. want. Oh, okay. Sorry, we yeah. can have a debate about it. Uh, no, I love that uh, okay, movie. Okay, we can. I fell asleep during it. Okay. Yeah. I never even heard. I of think. It. Oh my God, tears. They're they're <laughs> different sides, but I want <laughs> the, the Mothman Moth oh, to go. be Richard Gere, <laughs> but also what? be like. Um, Casey Affleck's character in a ghost story, like always just watching through the window and like being like, why won't anyone let me into their home? Christine, you're breaking my heart. You're like always the wild card I, too. <laughs> this is just because I don't I don't know classic horror monsters. No, I fucking but, love But that. the Mothman prophecy freaked fuck out of me when I, I was agree. a kid. Yeah. And I don't couldn't figure out why that movie was so creepy. But I think now that we're sort of on the genre of like or like on the vein of comedy meets horror. I feel like Richard Gere starring as the Mothman itself, but then over the court, like using the same narrative of a ghost story wow. where he's just always kind of lingering and so being So it's kind of like, sad. Yeah, it's but it's just Richard Gere What's as Richard Mothman. Gere up to these days? Nothing. Well, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's ready for he's it. He's ready. He's sitting by the phone right Cobb now. He's wearing on the a phone. fucking moth costume right now. He's yeah. He started the moth memes. Yeah, because that's in, it. We're gearing up for the moth. Gearing with the moth. Oh, whoa! This is too perfect, right? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> what is? I would one hundred percent watch and cry to that movie. <laughs> True. Beautiful. I think with that, this episode is wrapping up. Um, 
Thank you so much for listening again. I do want to take this moment to ask everybody. Thank you so much. We already had a few reviews on iTunes, so definitely leave us reviews because those help get us sort of onto those charts, hopefully maybe one day. And does anybody have anything that they kind of want to promote or kind of shout out that they're working on? Uh, well, I just want to quickly promote, um, I've been doing a horror movie night. Uh, it's called Chill and Kill um, Horror Movies. I think you should be able to find it on Facebook pretty easily. Um, so the first Sunday of every month, I'm doing horror, a horror movie at Century Bar, which is in like the Grace Ferry area of Philadelphia. Um, and... This month, we are doing Trick or Treat, which is, I think, a really fun, like, Halloween movie. Um, so, you know, we watch the movie. Uh, it's, like, cheap citywides. There's pins, stickers, candy, popcorn. Uh, you can dress up if you want to. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think it should be a good time. So, definitely love people to come out if they can. Yeah. Yeah, and follow us on all of our social media. We are um, Butter With That on Instagram. <laughs> Butter with that one on Twitter and just butter with that on Facebook. Yeah, we would love if you just like left us a comment, left us a review. You know, we'd love to hear back from our audience. And honestly, I really want to talk to the actual butter with that on Twitter um, just to have a conversation. I feel like we should message Damn him. Damn you. Let's he, put it all out on the table, you know? He has not tweeted in five years. Yeah, I know. His name is Chris. Chris, butter with that. Come talk to me. Cool. Well, He's thank a- you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christine. <laughs> what, Christine? <laughs> I think we. I think we broke Christine. I. How can we help you? How can we help? No, good. You're good. <laughs> Great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of Butter with That, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.